This is Shane Warren. Make sure you plow on. Steve Plowman CC, plow on, guys. It's too much. We didn't win the link by accident. We did that by design. It was very much planned. I just try to get it in the right spot, really, and see what happens. He said to me, yeah, mate, I really think you should put your lid on. Next ball, bolt me answer. We went for six. So. <laughs> this, this club is beyond cricket. Plowman's cricket is the greatest club in the world. Hello and welcome to a very special edition of the Thanks For Coming podcast. Today, I'm not joined by Matt Bolshaw, who's on holiday. And he hasn't bothered to do an agenda, given his holiday status. He was on tour with us, however, and that is the subject of today's episode. I'm joined by three very special guests to help us talk through that. So... A very warm welcome to the Thanks for Coming podcast, friend of the show, Rich Buckley. Hello, great to be back. Thank you, uh, Liam. And two new guests, former tour specialist, although he's involved in a lot more of the club now um, than at certain points in the past, Rob Keogh. Welcome. Good afternoon, Liam. Thank you. Nice to be here. And our very own former producer, Matt Spencer. Welcome. Hello, mate. So lovely to actually be invited on this side of things for once and, and hear it live. I feel like I've got tickets to the show. Thank you. <laughs> Welcome, gents. Um, just as a little introduction here today before we get on with the review of the tour and some of the things that happened while we were away, could you please uh, just let us know when was your first tour for Plowman's and where did you go to? Uh, starting with you, please, Rich. Uh, sure, Liam. I think uh, the date of which I'm not quite too sure ago, I know it was probably about 20 years ago, so I'm guessing it was around about 91, 92. Um, it was in Fairford, um, where we used to go on tour um, every year um, for a good sort of, I don't know, 12 or 15 years. Um, and uh, Nick Ridgway was also on that one as, as, as his first tour. And I think we'd only been with the club about uh, three or six months. Um, I remember vividly that on the Sunday, um, everybody used to dress up in fancy dress. And <laughs> so my first recollection of seeing the likes of Dill Davis, Tom Lonnon, Simon Wilkinson was just absolute chaos. They were all dressed in these crazy outfits going to play cricket. Um, and that's a memory I think I'll never, ever forget. Fantastic. That sounds like a lot of fun. So they're actually playing on the Sunday in fancy dress, is that right? <laughs> well, going to the going cricket to in the fancy cricket. dress, but, but walking through the Cotswold countryside in order to get to the ground. And you just, you just can't believe the look on these people's faces as they're welcoming a, a team from London <laughs> who turn up on a Sunday morning um, dressed like extras from, I don't know what, you know, all different shows and music bands and 70s this and all, all sorts. Great fun, great fun. Sounds awesome. So, Rich, a man who's been on many tours with the plough. Uh, Rob Keogh, when was your first tour? Where did you go? Uh, I joined the club in about 2008, so I'd say it was probably that very first year. Straight in there from, you know, Nets of the Oval, when we going on tour. So, it was definitely the ball in Fairford. Uh, I don't have particularly any memories from it, apart from it was just it was just carnage. Like, it was it was so much fun. Uh, no idea about the cricket, but yeah, I've, I've tried to go nearly every year since. So. Excellent. And finally, Spence. Uh, yeah, mine was more recent recent memory, though I still couldn't tell you what year it was. Maybe twenty eighteen when we went to. 
obviously the cricket cap- capital of Europe, Miranda de Corvo, uh, a, t- a hillside town in the Portuguese mountains, um, where we played pretty much in the rain on some AstroTurf converted football pitches with some tin cans uh, stands. Um, the cricket was... Uh, Immemorable um, in that I, I can't remember the statistics, but the tour experience itself was fantastic. Traveling party, it was it was one Lonnon that got spot on. I think everything went well up until the very last moment of the last day, and uh, I absolutely loved it. And I knew from then that I was Plowman's now, and I'm going to keep coming on tour every year, including Trinidad and Tobago, much to my partner's uh, delight for nine days away. Yeah, that's awesome. That was the first one I went on, actually. I uh, haven't been at the club for a few years, but that was the first one I made it on. I haven't missed one since. And a nice little plug there for our tour in the Caribbean, uh, which I think is going to be around May of next year. So get saving for that. So that's a, a little introduction to our guests. Thanks very much for joining us. And now we're going to move on and have a look at our first day on tour, which was the Thursday where we travelled to Wilshire. Day one of tour. Our first day, Thursday, saw us make the journey down to Wiltshire. And there was much anticipation in the morning, waiting for the coach to arrive, given our history with coaches on some of the tours that we've been on. Coach captain, self-appointed coach captain, Trent Catanzariti, did a fantastic job. He got the coach to turn up on time. He had the players there in advance of the time it was supposed to turn up at Baker Street. And we all got on the coach smoothly, swimmingly, and there was very much a, a party atmosphere from the outset. Uh, would any of you guys get on the coach at Baker Street as well with us? No, uh, not me personally. I wasn't on there on the Thursday. But I heard that um, when they did arrive in Wiltshire, everybody staggered um, <laughs> quite severely getting off the bus. So I think, uh, I, I, I think, I think for those who were not on the bus, we missed out on a cracking couple of hours by all accounts. It was, uh, yeah, there was certainly some drinks flowing, some tunes and a bit of a party atmosphere early on. Spencer, did you join us in Clapham? Yeah, so I was at the second bus stop. Uh, Liam, I know that you were you were heading, racing across town to get to the first bus stop, uh, thinking that you were late and delaying everyone. And actually, Trent had told everyone uh, half an hour earlier, meet time. So Liam's in an Uber. Someone get me something to eat. Someone get me something I can drink on the bus. They're all sat in spoons, comfortably in the knowledge that he's got half an hour to get there anyway. Um, and then I was at Clapham with uh, with Bob and, and Lonnon and, and the Hicksons. Um, and we had a... And, and, and one of the gunputs as well. Was it both gunputs, Rob? Uh, I think it's Max. Just mics, and we had a little little silent clap to ourselves when the coach rolled in. Um, we could see Trent at the front of it waving to us. It was a, a very nice experience. And we played a little bit of street cricket as well, didn't we, outside the Clapham Junction? Best form that we had all tour, I think. Yeah. And the and the coach had a, had a little kind of beer fridge in it, which was fantastic. And that was kind of kept cold and kept in use throughout the whole run. Trent did a fantastic job and um, very affectionately known as coach captain. Uh, he stepped off at Clapham. And he looked at me knowing that I'd also had a, a hand in invo- uh, organising some of the tour. And he just said, my job's done now. The coach is here. I'm done for the weekend. <laughs> Little did he know. <laughs> Little did he know he was far from done. But in, in, in fairness to Trent, um, 
boy did he do that job well like that that was a tough gig to not just organize the coach and get it there on time but to manage the people getting on and off it every day the timings the drivers um particularly in the covid related chaos that we had he 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 inspired others really i mean he embodied it he really did and and you know if there's ever somebody pushing for a job for life well you know trent's trent's obviously got his hand up for that one again <laughs> yeah nicely put rich and also that's on his first tour as well brilliant just really stepped up and earned that one and yeah he managed to keep everything in order uh no one was missed and all, all the timings worked well and he he had such a laugh doing it as well and everyone had such a good time on that coach we managed to respect all the uh, social distancing guidelines, the protocols from the government about uh, what we needed to do regarding COVID, but everybody had such a good time on there as well. As that day ticked on though, Liam, Trent clearly did think his job was <laughs> over and uh, the beers, the Jaegers, I turned up with 10 G&Ts that were gone in half an hour. Um, all of the beer fridge was empty by the time we actually got to Salisbury, where we were meant to be, you know, picking up the drivers. So we were picking up Robert and Sai and Kirsch and Marcus and the people that were sat outside in the sun in Salisbury waiting for us. But they hadn't been told we were on our way to them, or at least so there was some bit of miscommunication between Trent and uh, actually passing this message on because he was enjoying himself so much. So when the bus pulled up stopping traffic in the middle of Salisbury outside where we were staying our accommodation <laughs> I had to like jog round the bus shout at Coxie and Carson get on the bus we've got a game to go to and they're like they've got meals come in they hadn't been expecting us whatsoever um so we, yeah Trent very quickly sobered up we sent off the other tour virgins to uh restock us on booze as everything everyone had bought had already been drank for the entire day um, and so, yeah, we're sat in the middle of Salisbury. We've got four lads trying to carry as many crates of beers and all sorts that they can from a Sainsbury's. And this coach is just, Salisbury doesn't know what had hit it. We were all staggering off, as you said, Rich. Um, tour had definitely started <laughs> early. Absolutely. So the coach heads off towards Chalk Valley CC, who are our opponents for the evening in the T20 match. And it was a really beautiful ground. This is a village feel... There's no shops or, or buildings anywhere really in the in the view, and these rolling hills in the background gave the feeling that we were almost in like a a natural bowl, lovely clubhouse up on the hill, and just really looked like a a beautiful place to play. Duray, Plam's legend and friend of the show, was skipper for the T20, and we bowled first. The opposition went into bat. I bowled in the first over, uh, injured myself, wrote myself off for the rest of the tour. I was replaced by a younger and fitter, less good-looking model in Matt Spencer, who, who came on and, and played a bit of a blinder in the rest of that match. I believe the opposition finished their innings with a score of about 100 runs, we don't have scorecards in front of us, but I think it was about 100, which look, which was good given their start. They lost quite a lot of wickets early on. And our very own Tom Lonnon, who wasn't supposed to be playing the match, jumped at the chance to, to play for the opposition with a lot of enthusiasm. I think, Spence, you might have had something to do with his position in the batting order. 
Yeah, I, I've never seen a man move so quick. Oh, they've only got ten. Can someone play for the opposition? He had their sponsored, branded kit on within seconds. You know, <laughs> he was he was fantastic, fantastically up for uh, spanking some of our lads around in a T20 with a massive boundary. By the way, he was uh, he was still very much up for it. And you know, I said to them, I'm not joking here. We've uh, we've just given you pretty much our best player that we've got in the club. He bats and he bowls, and you know he, he's captain before. And they kind of looked at me like, uh, you know, we'll be all right, sort of thing. Um, and you know, everyone wants a game, so they're they're batting. And as you say, they lost a few wickets quite early on. And I, I was looking at the scorecard over their shoulder, and I was like, where have you got Lonnie? And you're like five six down, and you've only you know got forty runs up or something like that. And they said, "Oh, we've put him at eleven because we want to give everyone a game." And I was like, "Well, you might want to put, you might want to put him up the order a little bit so that there is a game still going on." Um, and then, at which point, I then came out onto the field uh, and swapped for you, Liam. And I think a wicket later, Lonnon strolled in and uh, took command of the the batting order, even though the opposition's captain was the other batsman at the other end. <laughs> yeah. He uh, certainly started telling them what the plan was from there on yeah. in uh, and made a game of it. Plenty of advice for the opposition skipper. And uh, don't think he hit any boundaries, uh, Lonnon, either. Darren! Not off me. <laughs> yeah, so he, he kind of studied the ship and, and they got to about 100, we think, from memory. And uh, it was fairly... A uh, comprehensive victory, I think. We managed to, to get those runs. Um, there were contributions from Duray with the bat, uh, James Tisato with the bat. Anyone else help me out here? Yeah, I think we should mention Max. Max, Max hit a shot that went sailing over the boundary towards the clubhouse went in the clubhouse door <laughs> and then out the back door of the clubhouse. I thought you were going to say, went in the clubhouse, opened the door, pulled out a beer. <laughs> he, just, he just hit the six that went sailing right through their clubhouse. Absolutely brilliant. It was, it was a lovely spot as well, their clubhouse. It was like one of those classic, we've got this field that we play cricket on and we need a clubhouse, so we're all going to come down and, and build it up sort of thing. And um, they had all these empty fridges, but no bar that they were operating. So they just said to us, you know, if you want to, if your lads want to bring a couple of beers or whatever, then uh, that's absolutely fine to enjoy during the game. We turned up and I pretty much filled four fridges and had overflowing. And um, they were suddenly like, oh, you guys are probably taking that quite seriously. And we were like, yeah, <laughs> it was a, it was a fun evening. Yeah, and I've got, I've just remembered as well. Um... Iskander, who filled in for the opposition as a sub-fielder, caught James Tisato off an absolute blinder of a catch. One of the best catches I've definitely I've seen on tour, but probably maybe ever. Like, it was a seriously, seriously good catch. Tis hit it really hard. It wasn't that high. Dive to the side and caught it, like, at full length. It was uh, very impressive. I can't. Uh, does anyone? Does anyone else know who who hit the any runs in that game? I, I'm not sure that many people needed to bat. Um, I think I I didn't even have pads on in that game. Not that I would have been up the order, but um, I, I think we were we were getting there. They definitely made a game of it, but we we got over the line um, fairly early on. Okay, all right, nice, and yeah, fabulous evening. Um, brilliant, brilliant place to play. Beautiful place to play. Good win for the plough first up. And we headed back into Salisbury for for some dinner. And 
So a bit of a few liquid refreshments and a bit of a catch up. And that early tour buzz was just around the place. We were outside in, in a beer garden, outside by the river. And I think we were sent to bed about 1am. Yeah, I was going to say it was. I was um, I was monitoring things from afar um, on the on the WhatsApp chat. I didn't see much talk after about midday, which kind of gave the impression that everyone went pretty hard, pretty early, um, and, and and one o'clock was even though not that late by tour standards. Everyone had been on it since sort of ten a.m. Yeah, yeah. So I think some earlier than others, but yeah, <laughs> there were certainly some who started early on. Nice. So that that rounds that one off. Um, before we before we finish there, does anyone have anything else from Thursday that day that really sticks out that we need to need to fit in before we move on? There was one moment um, between Salisbury and the game. We, we stopped for a nice pub lunch and we did our kind of welcome to tour chat. And uh, Lonin that had been dragging this double bin bagged bag of t shirts around <laughs> um, suddenly, you know, he he looks like a shit form of Santa Claus, doesn't he? When he's pulling this bin bag around just before tour, everyone's excited about what's in it and what the colour of the t-shirts are. And he pulls them out and everyone just kind of settles for a moment and is like, oh, that, that's quite bright, actually. Um, it took a while to adjust to the orange tour shirts and the colours. Um, but there was a nice moment. Once they'd all been handed out, we brought over our bus driver, who was a substitute bus driver helping out the guy that we'd booked just to do the first two days uh, called Caddy, who instantly put the polo on and just asserted himself as one of the plough. And he really got stuck into it from that moment on. He was obviously sensibly driving, but he uh, he rocked up, pulled himself out of a chair at the cricket and really enjoyed the evening as well with us, which was, was quite nice that he was a part of our touring party. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, and there was a nice touch on the... the- the tour polos for those who haven't seen them so far this year with an additional bit of broidery on the sleeve with hashtag hot hot plow summer so great to see that brandon getting about the place uh rich rob was there anything else from thursday that stands out in your mind uh not for no not for me i think i mean the irritating thing about the weatherspoods app is it sends you an email every time you like get an order in. <laughs> so like Friday morning, you just got you just got all these all these emails, just yeah, just reminding you of what you've been doing. <laughs> so our hotel was our hotel was based above a Weatherspoons, so that was a bit of a base for us throughout the tour. Rich, you can probably talk to us about room allocations and room allocations on tours gone by. That there, there seems to be this kind of uh, hidden hand of the the tour selection committee on room allocations that never let brothers go together, never let best friends go together. You know, people that normally spend their time together get split up, and you get put with all sorts. Um, you know, the Gumpets weren't together on this time, and I saw Iskander and Tom Lane weren't allowed to be together either. Is that something that's been a bit of a tradition? Uh, that's a good question. I don't know. Um, it's not something. I can remember um, being a thing, um, and for me personally, since since I shared a room with Chairman Robert Cox in Corfu, and um, I don't think he had a wink of sleep because of my snoring. I've ever since then I've been paired with us only snorers. So me and me and Liam shared. Trent and me had one this week. So I, I, I'm, I'm not probably. I'm not probably best placed to ask because I'm one of the ones on the unwanted list now due to my snoring. Um, but I, I think I don't know actually. But I think I think also if you if you sort of 
you know, if you put your hand up and you want to be sharing somebody, then, you know, that I think I'm sure it'll go under review. And, uh, you know, you, t- you, t- you tend to sort of ally with... with it's a good way of getting to, to, to know people differently as well, isn't it? Let's face it. Absolutely. You know? I, I just love the idea of it being like Rich Buckley... Uh, bats a bit, keeps, snores. Snores, snores like a mother. <laughs> who, who, who else snores? <laughs> it was funny when I when I did come on tour and I, and um, was talking to um, talking in the group and um, turns out I'm with Trent and uh, I said Trent, so do you snore then? And he and he said he said oh mate yeah he said Penny <laughs> Penny said to me whoever gets you is in for a lot of bother this weekend. But to be fair, he was absolutely brilliant. He was absolutely brilliant. Didn't 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 snore at all. Nice one. Always good to hear a bit of uh, room chat on uh, on the podcast. That's exactly the kind of content that we're looking for today. So thanks for that. With that, we'll move on and have a look at what happened on the second day of tour, which was the Friday. Day two, Friday, saw us play what we believed to be our strongest opposition of tour. And there was some change of the change of schedule overnight, which meant the bus was leaving 15 minutes or half an hour earlier than originally been planned. Now, some of us had received that update whilst we were asleep, and there was a bit of a scramble for a bus in the morning. Uh, Breakfasts were ordered as the bus was turning up, um, and there was a bit of back and forward. So, Spence had a hand in that. What was the uh, what was the ground like as we approached? What were your first impressions? Oh, the, the the ground is absolutely beautiful. So we're going down this um, very long, narrow lane, just telling the bus driver, keep going, keep going. We're going to see it on the left-hand side. And um, I'd, I'd been sent some pictures, you know, in the week in the build-up, and we'd had a lot of rain, and they had covers on every pitch. They had sheets out. The guy had messaged first thing in the morning, said, doesn't matter how much it rained, there'll be cricket on today, don't worry. And the pitch was an absolute deck, um, flat through and through, it looked like, you know, when those football stadiums and they mow in the like the logos, like at the King Power in Leicester, it just looked really well looked after and groomed for this, the highlight game, obviously Ploughman's coming up from London. Um, and they were very up for it. As you said, we, we knew going in it was going to be one of our stronger um, oppositions. Um, you know, the original chat was kind of, it's going to be a couple of our ones and twos, but, you know, we'll make a good game of it. Um, and so we definitely picked a, a strong-looking eleven um, going into it and, and getting off the coach. So we got there nice and early, um, introduced ourselves and, uh, and went and did the toss. Um, and meanwhile, a lot of their boys were in, all in their training tracksuits, having a kick about five aside, getting the cones out, running some drills, whereas our boys are still you know, trying to work out where they can uh, have a wee and where the bar is. Um, so we definitely knew the standard from the off. Yeah, that's a good point. And I think... Um... Yeah, your comment is right. I think they might have made a, a few adjustments uh, during the week to their side based on some email communication from our club captain, Simon Carson, who let them know how strong the side that we were taking down there was going to be. Rob, what what were your impressions of the ground? What, what did you think? How did it m- measure up to other places you've played? Yeah, it's, it's a beautiful ground. You, anywhere where there's advertising hoarding. So, kind of round, so picket fences, advertising bar, separate scorers, huts, net facilities. It was just it was just a lovely, lovely place to, to, to watch, for me, to watch cricket. It, it was made to watch cricket. And as you say, picket fence. We've got picnic benches with parasols in them set out for the, the spectators. Scoreboard, electronic, 
linked to a, a scoring hut on the opposite side. Uh, yeah, and it, it was just it was set up just to be a glorious day of, of cricket. So, <clears throat> with that in mind, Spence, uh, who won the toss and who batted first? We batted first. I, I don't know if we won or we lost, but it seemed a good decision on the day. I think we won um, the toss. We went into... Uh, oh, fantastic. So... Yeah, Skipper won, put us in. Um, obviously, this, you're kind of looking at our league top order going into start. And um, Brito in, uh, he must have gone in with Fred Gumpert. I'm not sure if that's true, but he must have. And then from there, you know, it was tough to watch. I mean, it was it was good bowling, um, but Brito really dug in and uh, does what we all know he does best. You don't get 10,000 runs by losing your wicket. He uh, really worked the ball around and and really had to work for his runs, really. Um, he went on to have a brilliant innings. Um, carrying his bat, did he carry his bat all the way for, for 58 runs? Um, I think he I think he was the only one. He stuck around for a long period of time. Um, so, yeah, we batted first. We, we got to 137, um, which, you know, <laughs> isn't the kind of score that we go for. Uh, in our league sides, it's normally the score we chase after we've rolled a team down um, for less. So one three seven, they came off um, with that brilliant fifty eight from Brito, and we knew that this was a decent side that bowled well, um, didn't give much away in the field, and they were very much up for the game. Um, so you know we do back ourselves bowling. That is one of our strengths as a club. So it was definitely game on at that point. Yeah, and we, um, yeah, as you say, they they did bowl very well, bowled very tight, very good lines. There was very, very few four balls. Um, Brito with a fabulous innings, I think, finished on fifty eight, and others uh, struggled a little bit to stick around with him. Really, Rich, uh, what was the odds on Brito top scoring that day? Good question, uh, Liam. Um... In my absence, because I was at the uh, admittedly playing golf in the morning, um, uh, Darren of the other half of Darren Morris Turf Accountants um, took the lead, and I think he was probably around about four or five to one. I think, we I gave think he was him on ju- five to one odds. as a right tempter. Yeah, we gave him juicy odds because he was out of form, um, but I think. What was more painful, and we can probably get to the second half of the game later, but what was more painful for uh, myself and my colleague uh, Darren was was that we offered a cheeky bonus, a Buckley bonus boost or a lucky <laughs> lon and lift on the day, and we thought right what what what's what what can we what can we what can we select that's not going to happen and we said right well you don't get calls and balls much do you <laughs> so we so we, i think we put the court and bold at six or seven or eight even um and of course being the newly formed darren morris turf accountants um we we didn't have a huge amount of experience and uh, let everybody bet two pounds and the whole the whole club were on it now i wasn't there at the time so somebody might want to explain exactly how it worked but I, I heard it was pretty sensational and you just had to be there kind of moment yeah so moving on to the that's a nice segue into the second innings so Spence who opened the ball in in the second innings well we had you know uh, one of our bowlers of the year multiple times player of the year Matt Bolshaw um, heading up to, to bowl for us and oh, didn't it look good to begin with yeah. we were all sat on the sidelines thinking Wow, this is a good team. They, we they've yeah. got us out for one three seven, and then suddenly eleven for two. Yeah, we're on here. So then, it was James Tisato's captain. He had Bolshaw opening at one end and Puff at the other. Is that right? Perhaps. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, and 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 Bolshaw got off to a flying start, didn't he? Yeah. So as I was saying, it, it got to a point that we were eleven for two, and we thought, oh, game on. You know, if we get down here, and then it was eleven for three, and then we're all like, okay, they're still sending people out eleven for four, and suddenly we're getting wind. You know, maybe they thought they're going to mix up the order a little bit. It's a tour game, friendly, whatever. Fine, and then it was twenty six for five, and we think, how much can you mix up the order? We've got half of you out now. Um, <laughs> for twenty six. You kind of, you know, uh, what have you got left? Um, and well, they they answered that question. Um, you know, our bowlers bowled really well and stuck to their lines, and you can only bowl out the people that are in front of you. But they definitely saved a couple of guns down the order uh, that came in and, and took the game away from us. Um, yeah, this one guy, uh, Kelly Smuts, I believe his, his brother is a fantastic cricketer and he was pretty decent himself. Probably strongest op- opposition that I've seen uh, us play against. And, you know, at this point I was viewing through blurry eyes on the sideline as he's creaming it around and really picking the gaps and uh, com- commanding the innings very well. Um, but also on the day, uh, saw one return to bowling. I've only ever seen his name in the club stats. Um, I've only ever heard of him after drinks after a game with some of the older guys in the club. Um, but Matt Ashton, uh, affectionately known as Smashton, had turned up to the game. Um, he got his blue and gold baggy uh, at the start of the game, which is fantastic for someone that's probably been here for over a decade or so. Um, well, definitely more. And uh, he came out to bowl. And I think Kelly Smuts took a shine into him. So although he travelled and had a bowl, he definitely got hit a little bit. But I don't think he mind. It was a it was a good, enjoyable day. Um, but yeah, this, this guy really demolished our attack. I think after the game, Brito having scored 50, was able to pull him to the side and have a batsman-to-batsman chat and uh, establish that this guy's played against Coley and this guy's played, you know, for South Africa under-19s and, you know, this guy knows his cricket and basically knew how to hit around a team like us. Um, And and it wasn't all that fair, to be honest, but we still enjoyed ourselves. (laughs) Yeah, a bit unlucky, really. We got him dropped... We dropped him once uh, and this is, uh, yeah, as you mentioned, brother of JJ Smart. Uh, a guy, Kelly Smuts, has hit 14 first-class hundreds. He did look like he'd know what he was doing out there. So, yeah, Lonnen obviously has bowled at all sorts of standards. He's had a very long career bowling and, and likes to think that he knows what he's doing with the ball. Um, I think he had both of the batsmen that did the damage dropped at one point. Probably, if I know Lonnen, it's slightly slower, slightly back half a yard, and uh, they've just chipped it up or, in this case, creamed it at a fielder, and both, unfortunately, went down. Um, one of which did uh, injure Puff, um, obviously club favourite, fantastic bowler Puff, uh, was at square leg, and it rocketed at him. I think he just about got a hand to it, but then it clipped and kind of went into his face. So, you know, he definitely had the eye on the ball in that sense, um, and uh, some medical assistance was needed, and he was taken off to hospital after. Fortunately, he's looking as good as ever uh, in his recent selfies that he's posted on the chat, so he's made a quick recovery from that. Um, I think the game was pretty much wrapped up by that point. Uh, Cake, Alex Julian, ran onto the pitch. He he just turned up on tour. Um, Probably the only one that was sober enough but didn't have a car to drive off in, so had to stick whites on and get on the pitch. Um, And then they kind of wrapped it up from there. But the day wasn't really about the cricket. It kind of everything was happening on the sidelines, from my experience. Yeah, to go back to Rich's caught and bowled. So it was Matt Bowshaw bowling at the beginning, who's got this caught and bowled, and as the ball goes up, kind of loops back up in the air towards him. It's just this collective 
breath in from everyone on the sideline. <laughs> it's a bit of a dolly. The bus just catches it easily, and the whole of the sideline just erupts. Richards has got his head in his hands. Lonan's got his head in his hands, and everybody goes wild. Um, and the opposition just couldn't understand. They just didn't understand <laughs> what all the fuss was about. Well, yeah, I think I understand. <laughs> Ian um, Ian Berry, um, who was a welcome welcome addition on tour, it was great to see him back. Um, was um, went over to the opposition uh, and, and sort of sort of explained, stroke, apologised that, that that it was not because we were cheering he was out, um, in, in so much that they were cheering that they'd that everyone most people had taken money off the bookies. So <laughs> You're right, and, and that court and bold was uh, one of four for Bush that day. Absolutely, oh, he does it in the league. He does it on Sundays, apparently, and he does it on tour as well. He's he's a bowling machine. I don't understand it personally. I think I can smack him about, but he clearly takes wickets whenever he wants. <laughs> yeah. he, he needs a day off, doesn't he, Bush? Yeah, get he's another too hard. get another hobby, Bush. Is there a, is there a, is there a more consistent bowler in the club? Oh. Adam Adam Barraclough. <laughs> so arguably, Puff is. As consistent or more, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's, he's definitely there or thereabouts. Um, so brilliant bit of sport from from the overseas pro at the end who entertained our chat in interviews, various bits of interviews, which are floating around on social media. If you want to have a look for that, and it was just a fantastic day out. Really, everything about the way we were hosted was incredibly high quality, from the parasols that we mentioned at the beginning. The scoreboard, the scorebox, the tees were fabulous. Individually wrapped tees to meet the COVID regulations. Mm. Just very high quality and very, very good game of cricket. Which, you know, two drop catches, if we'd held both of them, on another day could maybe have gone another, uh, another way. It, it was an interesting game of cricket. It was, uh, you know, both sides were in it at different moments. And it was just a fantastic day out. And it was just one of them where you look back on it, you look back on the images, the f- the length of the grass on the outfield, how flat the outfield was across the entire bit. The contrasting colour between the, the rest of the square and the wicket that we were playing on, that you only sort of usually see on a test cricket or a county level. It's one of them where you look back on and just think, that really is a very, very high quality day out. And, uh, yeah, I think overall we've done ourselves proud, really, against a really strong opposition. In- interestingly, that square we played on was obviously their, their main square and, as you said, was so good. But their square just behind the clubhouse, I don't know if you had a wander over, has a tree, a massive tree, growing on the square, uh, which they can't cut down. And it's just local rules on the day that, you know, if it hits that, it's a, a dead ball or depending on who we're playing, that's that's a run if you hit the tree. But it is, it's on the square, so it's either at mid-wicket or it's at cover. And uh, yeah, so they've got this amazing square, which is um, very well looked after that we played on. And then just off the back, they've got this one, which is really built for just having a nap under a tree when you're batting. But uh, a great club that hosted us. Um, They were really uh, on it with all COVID regulations, messaging us all the time as, you know, Boris Johnson was announcing different things, you know, cheering as it meant that we could still come. Um, Sorting out the tees, as you said. Um, I think they're definitely a growing club. They've got 100 strong youth. Uh, coming through and even at the end of the day the the kids ran out onto the pitch we just played on and had a little game amongst themselves and stuff like that so they're definitely a club to uh, stay in touch with over the years and see how they get on because a brilliant group of guys which showed when they all uh, got involved in in some beers afterwards with us as well 
Oh, the beer race, don't forget. Exactly. <laughs> something something we did win. <laughs> it's been a while since I've seen one of those on tour, and it was absolutely brilliant. I think we've got such great footage in terms of videos and photos, and um, the crowd went wild, and, and understandably so. Who did we have in our lineup? I know that, um, I remember thinking that Nick Ridgway was a particular game changer for us. He, 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 he was to, so keen. Yeah. He, he was so it, keen. We said, so quick. anyone that's played that wants to do this boat race, stick your hand up. Nick was already there, pint glass. <laughs> he had he had five pads on, as if that was a necessary component to doing this boat race. Yeah. Um, he was adamant that he was going to be in that side, and what, he really did switch it around as well. He'd have done first and fifth legs if he could have done. I think. Oh, done twice. smashed it! Loves the boat race. <laughs> uh, Max was good as well. Max was strong, uh, and the others did just enough. I think that was Matt Hickson. And I can't quite remember. There, there is a brilliant photo of oh, Coxie uh, Kate, acting like... Kate, Kate did one. There's a, Co- Coxie stood up to be the grid girl. He was in the middle, seeing them <laughs> off in between. He had two rows of men either side of him, probably not for the first time. And uh, he saw it off. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, so one all to finish that day. And then um, we headed back into town and we went out for a bit of a socially distanced night out and this was probably always likely to be and probably looking back on it was was the biggest night of night out of our tour so there was there was a big impact player as, uh, on that day that turned up obviously rich you turned up uh, during that day but one other person that turned up was rahul who uh, turned up just for 24 hours in paradise i think because <laughs> he came in a suit uh, he rocked up, immediately started ordering Jaegers, didn't even check what the score was in the cricket, just went straight in. <laughs> I think he was shouting, um, I think it was something like, if you buy nine Jaegers, you get ten. So he's going around, grabbing people, you're in my nine, you're in my nine, you know, so that he's getting these rounds in. He must have done five, six rounds of uh, Jaeger bombs on his card. Um, and as far as I'm aware, he then followed that through as soon as we got back to Salisbury, was the first at the bar, um, with colourful cocktails and uh, um, apparently that happened until the early hours of the morning that he really led the charge that night what a legend yeah he wasn't here for a long time was he but he's here for a good time <laughs> sort of straight in there linen suits look fantastic big captain in waiting isn't he uh, but do you know what I think one of the one of the advantages or stroke benefits of, of a UK tour with um, people popping in and out for a day here and a night there it helps the ones that are there for the whole tour. It re-energizes them, you know. It, it keeps them going. So it's like it's like a support team for the marathon. <laughs> and he really did bring the energy. To be fair to the boy, definitely, definitely. And we we made uh, we made friends with one of the local bars in the town that was open till three, I think. Outback, it was called. So they looked after us pretty well. And there were various bits of carry on in there, as you can imagine including a moment from Steve Brito, was it, Keir? Yes, Steve Brito, celebrating his 58 not outs. Uh, <laughs> the only way Steve Brito knows how is to go to the bar and order 58 Jaeger bombs, please. <laughs> Absolutely yes, exceptional. F- 58. How many people do you think were left oh. by this point? Four. <laughs> we're in ta- <laughs> yeah, we were in maybe three tables of six, weren't we? Something like that. It couldn't have been any more. Absolutely. <laughs> Ma- no, Ma- Max took on double figures, didn't he, of the bombs <laughs> himself, I think. You know, always tries to carry the team in every situation. Uh, he took on double figures. I think someone else took on double figures with him as well. Uh, I can't quite remember who, but I know that Max was still 
sprightly in the morning, whereas the other person looks a bit more worse for wear um, from that. But yeah, Stephen Brito, wow, he's got big pockets, hasn't he? And yeah, it was a great effort, really. Lots of people out to that time. Um, we we made our way back to the hotel about three, I think. Um, but as you say, there were probably yeah. still 15, 18 of us who were out and about at that time. Um, Matt Hickson and Alex were still out. Brito was out. Gumpert's cake was out and about. And Max Max was still wearing his cap, like 24-7 he had his cap on. And he was he was thro- he was throwing a ball around. So he's he's throwing a cricket ball around at like three a.m. in the in the morning. Much much to Fred's worry because he's throwing it near windows. It was a fun walk back to the hotel. And that's yeah, pretty much at every opportunity during the tour where cricket could have been played, cricket was played. Beer gardens, streets, uh, coach parks. You name it, we've got some kind of unofficial. Even in the out, even in the outback, even in the outback, we were throwing a cricket ball around. <laughs> yeah, and Cake and Barat particularly enjoyed the evening um, and staggered back to the hotel. Uh, both playing the next day, I think. So that was always going to be interesting in the morning. Before we move on, is there anything else from that day from anyone that stands out in particular? No. All right, lovely. Well, with, with that, we'll move on to Saturday, our day three of tour. Day three, Saturday morning, saw the coach leave the hotel at 8.45. Now that's an early start for a tour day. That said, coach captain had everyone on the coach, and the coach set off on schedule with all the players on it. Or did it? Maybe not all the players, then. <laughs> in, in, fa- in, fairness, in fairness to Barrett and Cake, who were the, or, or should, who, who were the two late, uh, latecomers to the, to the bus, I've never, ever had to get up that early to play cricket in all my life. Well, they were both up. And um, Cake explained to Barrett that although the bus said leave at 8.45, they definitely built in a bit of a buffer... And it was likely that it would leave closer to 10, was what he said. (laughs) (laughs) Which is quite a significant buffer. Uh, Never bet on a buffer. (laughs) Especially not a buffer of an hour and a quarter. I don't know quite where that came from. (laughs) So, uh, the bus did a whole lap of Salisbury. Luckily, we had built in a, a little bit of a buffer. And we managed to pick them two up. And we headed over... To Font Hill Cricket Club. Font Hill Park. Font Hill Park Cricket Club. We arrived nice and early, so we were there in time to help set up this tournament. Where they had some little, a little pen each for each of the teams that were playing in it. Rob Keir, what were your thoughts when we pulled up at the ground? Well, even before we pulled up to get into the estate, we had to kind of go through that that kind of folly that that big gate which is just slightly larger than the, uh, the coach itself. So I think Coach Captain was probably worried we might get stuck. But we, uh, we, got, we got through, and it was just a gorgeous, gorgeous ground. To- totally different to anywhere where I've played before or seen before. You know, we've, we've, played, uh, we've played with trees on the square and, you know, in the, in the field. But this had a large, well, I was going to say slope, but it was a hill, wasn't it? 
there was just a large hill <laughs> on one side of the ground. So if, if you pulled or hooked it, you know, it's, it would be a clear four any other day, but you could just imagine the ball rolling up, stopping, and then rolling back down again. And we saw a few examples of that insane. in the day. But one of our batsmen yeah. has absolutely creamed a cover drive along the ground. Just rolled right to the top of the hill and then started rolling back down again. Love to see that. Um, that made me reminiscent of home. Like when I grew up in the countryside, you see you see a few of the, those kinds of grounds. But this was a very pronounced slope, one side to the other. Bench up the top, for which had a really nice view. Uh, it was on this private estate and again beautiful little clubhouse and, and just an excellent place to play and it was a tournament format wasn't it yeah it was um so six sides and there was eight eight players per side and each each game was six six ball overs and six people had to bowl so you know you're, you're bowling one over each with the wicketkeeper and Steve Brisso <laughs> and it, it, yeah, it was it was a re, it was a really good big bash format. Yeah, and so Rob, you played in one of the sides. Who was in your lineup? Quickly, you Brito. Yeah, uh, yeah Brito, Cy Carson, Deray, uh, Trent, Tom, uh, Matt Hickson, and Rich. You played in the other side. You were keeping the other side. Who was in your team? Yes, I was a, a, a late notice stand-in um, due to injuries. Um, so I played uh, for Max, who was the captain. Um, and I've got to say, Max was absolutely superb. I don't think I've seen somebody turn up to a game before so drunk and still manage to, to drink four beers before 11am <laughs> and then still play cricket properly. I've got a lot of respect for anybody that does that and uh, fair play to him doing that. So we had Max, we had um, James uh, Tisato, we had uh, Alex Julian, we had Cake, we had Barrett and we Matt had Spencer. Iskander. Uh, Matt Spencer and Iskander. Uh, is that everybody? Yeah, I think so. And, and Fred... Fred Gumpert. Oh, and Fred Gumpert. Apologies. Apologies to Fred. Yeah, Fred Gumpert as well. So two pretty good sides and in opposite groups. And I think, I think to be fair, Matt, I think we had the harder group by a long way. I think, I, think, uh, I think our team on paper and actually in reality was probably better, although, you know, results <laughs> didn't actually work out that way. Um, yeah, they, they, they initially had us down as... Um, you know, Ploughman's 1 and Ploughman 2s, and we were the Ploughman's 1, Buckley, and I said, that's not really how our club works. We, we do colours, so uh, we were gold and uh, they were blue. So I just just change of, you know, the words in that makes a big difference, doesn't it? It does, it does. Uh, I've just realised, did I mention bowl short? Because it was quite a big part. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you did, you just have. <laughs> <laughs> he, should, look, he should be here to introduce himself into Ploughman Blue, but... Um, all right, so it was uh, three group games, and could you just give us a quick overview of how the gold team fared in the group stage? It's round robin format, so A plays B, B plays C, C plays A. Yes, so the first game, um, it's always a bit different when you're playing a new format. And a number of different, you know, it was a short. It was only six overs a, a, a game. Um, eight overs aside and so it's always a, bit, a little bit tricky to understand the format and how it's going to pan out and the first game we lost um, but I think a large part of that was perhaps not not understanding how things worked and, and, and understanding who, where our strengths were and that kind of thing um, but so with the second game we needed to win 
in order to have at least a chance of, of going through. And we played a team that absolutely destroyed the team that beat us in the first game. So uh, it was on the cards that we were going to get spanked as well. But we pulled a fantastic performance out of the hat. Everybody contributed. Um, and we managed to beat the team that seemingly were sort of favourites for the tournament, actually, you could, you could say. Um, and it went to so that so that left all three teams having won one game each, and um, it went to count back, um, which was calculated by runs divided by wickets in total across the whole tournament. And I understand that we didn't come top. <laughs> we didn't come second. I think we came third in our group. Yeah. So it was um, and so we ended up playing the fifth, sixth um, wooden spoon playoff, which we won handsomely against twelve-year-olds. Yeah. <laughs> there was a, there was one really nice moment in the um, in the wooden spoon final, uh, which we won, and then we're given the wooden spoon, which is slightly an, an unusual tradition. Yeah, but, I did that. Um, I that was strange. Yeah, but the the uh, we were a player down because Fred had injured himself in that game where we'd he'd taken a catch of one of their best batsmen in the game before and injured a finger. Um, we were a player down, so we you know on the sidelines. Does anyone want to play? And one man stuck his hand up. His son was opening the batting for the team we were going to be playing against. Um, so he said, "I'll play." And then as soon as he walked on the pitch, we said, "You'll also open the bowling if that's all right with you." So we had a uh, father and son uh, opening batsman, opening bowler first over, which was quite nice that we were able to really insert ourselves into kind of like the family friendly feel of the day as well. Very nice. Uh, I think that's quite a good summary of how the uh, how the gold team fared. Rob, can you tell us a bit about the blue team? Uh, yeah, so we figured that somewhere between 50, 60, 70 would be a good par on the six overs. So we've, with sort of Matt Hickson bat and Steve Brito, we've only got 36 deliveries. So when Hicko did two massive leaves, we were wondering, hmm, maybe we're never going to hit par if he's not going to actually connect with the ball. But then we we soon went on. But we we won the first game, and then won the second game, and then at that point we all sort of stopped drinking. We started taking it quite seriously because we thought, oh, we could win. So you're a semi semi final and, uh, and a final to go after that, is it? Yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden, I was like, all right, let's. It's a beautiful sunny day. Let's uh, let's actually win this. And and how did you fare with that approach? Uh, well, we had some. Well, DeRay was bowling excellent. Actually, all our bowlers bowled very well. And Brito, Hickson, and again, DeRay batted really well. So my job was just to keep wicket. And we got to the semi-final, and then we got to the final. We, we, didn't, we didn't win the big bash by, by food, <laughs> by design. <laughs> and uh, skippered very, very well by Matt Bolshaw. He's a competitive man uh, anyway. Like he's not going to let something like that slide. So he and I think he got um, he got he, he didn't he get voted the most exciting man uh, on tour as well, uh, which is a tremendous accolade and well deserved. I think some of those words were correct and one of them wasn't. But he's he's led from the front with the bat and the ball, scored runs, taken wickets, yeah. as he does so often. And uh, yeah, uh, the blue team have gone on to win, right, Rob? So congratulations. You mentioned a few names there. Who were the standout performers? Uh, it, it, it's too difficult from, a, from the team of eight. I mean, everybody contributed. Everybody was taking wickets. Everybody was, everybody was bowling on top of off and all the like, smashing runs. It, was, it, it felt really good to be part of a, a cohesive team. As, as, a, 
as a member of the gold side, I think we played it perfectly, actually, because we played a little bit of cricket and then we relaxed into <laughs> spectating the finals. Um, and just to say, Bob, uh, you've not mentioned yourself when you've been mentioning names. You were an absolute spectacle to watch. Um, the fastest wicketkeeper of the day. Gloves were off and you were just... You can't see myself because we're all on Zoom and we can. But if you could just imagine a glowing statue, like Usain Bolt going over the finish line and Bob was off chasing the ball. You know, uh, buys, when you do, don't run on buys when Bob Keogh is a keeper because he was on it like a like a greyhound, I'd say. Um, it was brilliant to watch. We were all supporting you from the sidelines, especially when, uh, when Trent was bowling and it went dot, dot, dot. <laughs> Dot, dot. And uh, we went mad in hope of a maiden. Buckley, maybe you could tell us how much money was uh, resting on that maiden. Oh, unconfirmed reports um, that the Darren Morris Turf accountants might have had to go into liquidation <laughs> if, if, if Hicko had kept his, his nerve and held a catch on the boundary. Uh, one of the bonus boosts, London Lucky Lift, Buckley, what have you, sort of prices for the day was, would there be a maiden? bowled by a ploughman team in the whole tournament and Trent T-Rex as he's known steps up to the plate I think it was the semi-final this was I mean this was a proper intense game <laughs> everything's going really well he's bowled one the crowd are getting interested he's bowled two the cheering starts to get a bit louder he's, he's bowling three everyone's on the edge of their seat four there's a bit of disbelief now five I'm shaking and then six and he and, and and he bowls a long hop, and the batsman pulls him uh, going to the boundary, and I'm cheering away because it looks like the bet's not been won. But of course, I completely didn't see Hicko, who's on the boundary. The ball comes straight down his throat, and it goes through his hands. He's, he's done. A, he's done a nash, he's, he's done. A, he's done a puff. He's done a puff, and he, the ball's gone through his hands. And it's gone over the rope for a six. So, um, yeah, t- tears and happiness all round in equal measure. Harsh, very angry, harsh, Robert Cox. Very angry. Um, <laughs> it didn't, didn't go straight round, down his throat at all. He ran round the boundary to try and catch it. Um, and he's taken Artistic an awful, Apologies, awful, awful lot of flack for that catch, given the amount of money that was riding on it. And he took a <laughs> phenomenal catch uh, in the same Thanks game well. or the final. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which was one of the, the key moments in, 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 in winning that. So, um, fair play. He also, uh, Matt Hickson also, on that note, uh, after the presentation at the end, was offered to drink uh, a, some kind of concoction out of the winner's trophy as, as, as a little memory of that moment. So this is very well documented <laughs> and there are some videos going around on social media of that, if anyone wants to see that. Um, so yeah, that bookie's <laughs> not quite in liquidation after that day. Uh, and congratulations to the to the blue team who went on to win that. And I think we're going to try and send a team down there around this time next year to defend that trophy. Uh, the local team or the skipper of the local team who organises that very much nailed on favourites win it almost every year, and were visibly annoyed. By the fact that we'd gone there and won it on our first first attempt, so great effort from the lads. But there were loads of other things that, or there were there were a number of other things that happened that day, right? So what else was going on while that tournament was taking place? 
<laughs> well, it, it was it was the uh, the day after the night before, um, and I know we've mentioned that, but there are a few sleepy heads and a few naps being taken. Um, at one point, you could look left to right around the boundary, and I think Liam, you were under the first tree. Cake had made it an extra twenty five yards on and was asleep at the next tree. And then as you kind of walked up the hill, this beautiful countryside, walked up the hill, and there's a bench in the only bit of shade on the entire pitch, and on it you've got Paul Lane and Marcus. Reeves and then at one point even further down someone's stretching themselves out just coming back down the hill uh, I'm not sure who who it was at that point but yeah they're, they're just these ploughmans dotted around having naps and uh, taking in the views and just hearing the bat on the ball and really enjoying themselves uh, catching up on their 40 weeks that was quite a nice view to to sit from uh, from where I was sat anyway to the bar just just listening to that it reminded me when 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 Marcus and Paul were sat on the uh, <laughs> the bench a long long way away they both had their orange tour polo shirts not t-shirts their polo shirt their orange polo shirts on and from distance, from a distance, it looked like they, it was a pair of pumpkins with legs. <laughs> <laughs> Both snoring away on top of the hill. <laughs> oh, but it was, uh, it was, it was brilliant. And, and, and you know, it was, there was just loads of great individual uh, performances in addition to the team performance. You know, Bolsch showed what, what a clean hitter he is and, and a great bowler as always. Matt, yourself, you know, you, were, you opened the bat in a, quite a few times and batted superbly. Uh, Brisket, otherwise uh, previously known as Cake, um, was just, he's just made for that kind of game. He's an absolutely superb one-day player. Jure, I mean, what can you say about Jure? He, he topped, he t- I think Liam, I think you backed him for both batting and bowling, and DeRay delivered, despite having had a, a kip on the boundary when we first got there. He topped the batting, he topped the bowling. Top run scorer and um, top wicket-taker in the whole tournament, DeRay Exactly, exactly. Hicko had a great, had, a, had some f- sparkling innings, Brito did as well. Um, absolutely brilliant, and I think I think what was great is that we t- we turned up. Everyone turned up either exhausted or drunk or both, um, and we walked off with both trophies. <laughs> Not bad. Yeah, and we and we, there was a lot of praise for um, the the energy and the enthusiasm that we brought to the day as well. Uh, Long standing tournament there, where the proceeds went to local charities. Yeah, and and we definitely set about that behind the bar. I think uh, they were definitely running low on fluids by the time we were leaving. I think as soon as you mention there's beer and it's for charity, so it's a good thing that you're drinking. (laughs) Um, Ploughmen suddenly start spending their pounds um, in there. The barbecue was fantastic. The ladies that put that on all day, fresh meat from the butchers, and that's kicked off at about 2pm and went on till, till we wanted to leave. Um, that was brilliant as well. Just even how they set it out. So we each team had like their own individual pen because of COVID regulations to put your kit in and get changed in and stuff like that. They'd really fought it through and they, they hosted us fantastically. Uh, Mark and Charlie there did a great job. Uh, and Liam and Sai for, for actually finding that fixture and, and keeping it going over two years because obviously we were meant to be playing that last year. So for that to roll over the, all the organisation into that is, is brilliant. I think it's a it's a very good thing to have on tour as well to break it up and have that bit of a change in format and a change in pace. And just to have so many people involved in cricket as well, 16 people playing on the day instead of 11, loads of games, loads of on and off. Weather was brilliant. As you mentioned, we were hosted incredibly well. Food was fantastic. We drank the bar out of gin and 
the money went to local charities, including uh, Wiltshire Air Ambulance was one, and I can't remember the others off the top of my head, but there were two or three charities who, who benefited from the proceeds of that. So just a fantastic thing to be involved in all around. Brilliant day out. We headed into town after a really, really long day out there. Uh, fairly tired. I think we, we basically had some dinner. A few of us went out and played a bit of pool. But it was a relatively early night. and uh, it, was an, it was an early early start, mate. <laughs> yeah. To start early, finish early. Um, so that, that just leaves us with one other game to cover. which is the final game on the Sunday. Before we move on and talk about that, has anyone got anything uh, anything to add in that we've missed out from the Saturday? Well, I, I should kind of mention Ian Berry, our own kind of Chris Whitty, who that Saturday morning took Ash all the way to Southampton Hospital to have his eye checked again. Uh, gets back, has a cup of tea, and then has to take Fred to A&E because of his uh, broken finger. And then when we did go out that evening, Ian Berry definitely had the Beer 11 armband on. Um, you know, we're all drinking sugary cocktails and whatever, and he's going, can someone get me a proper drink? Um, I think it was a whiskey that he wanted. Brandy. Um, he, he cognac, it was what he Brandy, was like, yeah. a, a cognac. He, he set out, uh, I think, Liam, you were involved as well, two teams, so it wasn't just playing pool. We were competing, uh, going around teams playing pool. Um, he was the person, while everyone else was kind of in a sleepy, walking back slowly, getting chicken and chips, Ian was still looking for a pub that would let us in for a nightcap. Um, he, he set off to try and get one back at the hotel before we all went to bed. So that day, he'd, he'd obviously done his shift in the morning and, and he still wanted to be going uh, when the rest of us were, were nodding off, really. So a uh, fantastic addition to tour and, and hopefully we'll see him again soon. I'm sure we will for the end of season dinner. Yeah, lovely. So that, that rounded that off quite nicely. Everyone, most of us got to bed at a reasonable time. Tom Lonnon, I think, vacated his own room um, to go and have a cuddle maybe with someone else that night. Not too sure about that. Can't remember the finer details of it. And that, and, and that covers off our third day of tour. Day four, our final day of tour. And a coach took us to the beautiful village of Urchfont, where we descended on the pub, The Lamb, which had a really beautiful beer garden at the back. It was like it had been designed for the plough. There were tables on both sides. There was a, there was a wicket in the middle. There was a place for the bookies in the corner. And so we all got in amongst it. Matt Spencer, what was happening in the garden? Oh, the lambing was fantastic. So I, we, all, we were all told, you know, split into your sixes to make the bar tab easier. And, and my six uh, had the accountants uh, uh, sorting out the books. Um, Bob was in that as well. So we sat around the front on a little patio for a minute just to sort out the, the orders. And then someone ran around and was like, you lads, come in around here. And we just kind of wandered around slowly into literally a game of cricket that was uh, spilling out into this pub garden. As you say, this lovely strip down the middle. Um, I think I've got a wind ball out and... Every few minutes, the bloke was carrying a tray full of pints across the wicket as someone's bowling, one hand, one bounce. Ian Berry, uh, I believe it was, that hit an absolute fantastic shot. Never lost it. Straight into Tom Lonnon's pint of Guinness. Uh, <laughs> and straight past him as well. 
Um, there was a lot of that. And then, yeah, we uh, well, as you say, UK tours have been families can come. Uh, Leon turned up and his daughter was my bowler of tour, definitely. Um, she ripped through every single person in that beer garden. Uh, she had a little bat with Duray as well. But Naraj held his bat. Naraj was still batting uh, at the end of the Lamb in innings, um, getting himself into good form for the for the game ahead. Um, lovely food there, Liam. I know that you were sorting out that day. Um, it was hot pork, hot beef, uh, endless amounts of chips, um, endless amounts of beers and stuff like that. They had all the condiments with it. Oh, to be honest, I could have stayed there for a lot more hours. Uh, really enjoyed that moment. And you had the music going and it just, the atmosphere was just brilliant. Um, your speech Sun was shining. Yeah. Oh, it, actually, that was one of my favourite moments. I think I said to you as, as well, and I think there were a couple of people sat around and I said, this is tour. This is what I uh, would define as tour, this pub garden cricket ahead of the game. So yeah, really nice start to the day. I just want to jump in there and say I I couldn't agree with you more, Matt. I think it was absolutely brilliant. The 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 setting, the scenery, the mood of everybody, the fact that we were having these gorgeous beef or pork um, sandwiches, the beers were flowing. You know, there was no rush. We got there in plenty of time. Everyone was you know having fun. Everyone was getting involved. Um, yeah, couldn't agree more. It was a, it was a brilliant start to the day. Ideal and. Darren Buckley, no, what was it? Darren Morris. Darren uh, Morris. Accountants. Yeah, we're doing bits on the sideline as well. Um, they, were queued, they were queuing around the back. They, they were, they were queuing around the corner. <laughs> it, it was brilliant because you had the players that you were betting on were like batting and bowling and taking catches. <laughs> so people would see like Iskander, t- off, off, Iskander take a one-handed catch. They'd be like, oh, what's Iskander's odds on this catch? And, you know, you would see Niraj batting out and you'd be like, actually, I'm going to stick some on Niraj today. Like, it was like the horses were being paraded around us. Duray saw that, uh, Duray saw that Barrett, we'd push Barrett out to six to one just to create a bit of interest. And Duray looked at that and he went, hmm, interesting. And he turned around to Barrett, Barrett, Catch this! <laughs> he smacked one in the air. <laughs> he caught it. Anyways, yeah, I'll have a, I'll have a pound on him, please. Thanks very much. I like, I like that uh, comparison there as well to the horses being paraded around the paddock. <laughs> <laughs> so, great start to the day. And then we were guided by one of the opposition players. Um, captain looked after us really well, set the day up, welcomed us there, and then, and then sent uh, one of the players to walk us through a permissive path, which is one of these beautiful things, countryside ground, you know, tour experience playing in the countryside in England, up through, uh, in between the church and some houses and, and a meadow, and onto this this beautiful ground. Um, again, uh, fourth one we played on, but all of them were, were really stunning. The trees all around it, beautiful old pavilion, and the captain on the day, was who rich buckley it was not me um it was um matt bolshaw tom lonnon tom lonnon it was tom lonnon tom lonnon was it was the first named of the newly formed turf accountants darren morris um and he um yeah I, I, tom tom what can you say about tom he's uh um 
been around the block but consistently performs well and absolutely loves the game. Um, I think he's an inspiration to everybody at the club. I think that's that's beyond doubt. And um, yeah, he set the team up really nicely. I thought they um, they left the club in good time. Um, and I think, did he open with... Uh, Phoenix Knights uh, bouncers, Max and Paddy. <laughs> yeah, Max and Paddy opened up batting. Uh, they they set about it. We batted first. How did we go as a as a batting lineup? Well, as a batting lineup, I think everybody played particularly well, but there was certainly a standout performance from um, Patrick Gledhill, who. As I understand it, carried his bat for the first time in his career, which, as I wow. said to him at the time, is, is something that, to be fair, not that many people do. And he was, um, he was on point. He just was, he was in determined mood, I think it's fair to say. He batted really well. He was um, very much the sobering yin to Max's raging yang uh, on a number yeah. of occasions and, and, did, and, and, and actually built lots of different partnerships with different players throughout the, throughout the, throughout the innings. Um, and so hats off to Patrick. He, he, he came on tour and he conquered on tour. Yeah, and he, he batted pretty aggressively by his standards and he, he ran singles hard at the beginning as well, turned ones into twos. It was great, great performance. 33 not out, I think, at the end. I, I went into bat at number three on this day. Uh, I think something to do with the bookies trying to spice up the order uh, with Lonham doing an inside job. And so obviously Max retired on 50 and I went out trying to copy him. And Paddy just said, I'm going to be here at the end. And I said, well, you've got to retire on 50, Paddy. And he was like, I'll be here at the end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so not only did Patrick carry his bat, he also managed to stay on carrying his bat without getting... Great performance. Yeah, Max, destructive as ever, um, smashed a 50 at the top. And there was a big innings for... James Sato as well also hit 50 I think ah yes James played really really well he was in determined mood I I spoke to him before his innings and um and I think he, he he felt like he had a little bit of making up to do one or two one one maybe innings beforehand he 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 felt he let himself down and he just came out and 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 decided and and was determined to play well that day and he sure did he knocked the ball around ever I've not seen him strike the ball that well for for a while actually although I've not seen him play but even so he was tonking it all around the ground wasn't he probably probably not seen him do that since the last tour and then <laughs> since the tour before that well yeah I in mean, Portugal. <laughs> James Tall Bully Tissato, isn't it? I'm pretty sure uh, it says in the score. James Bully Tissato. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so great innings from him. Did anyone else do anything with the bat? I think I think everyone had uh, had a go through. I think we kind of uh, rolled through the order, but we were we were looking comfortable, and Paddy really just commanded it. As he said, he built little partnerships with different people, and um, yeah, their, their bowling attack. Uh, had a wealth of experience and a wealth of youth as well. So, you know, I think they did have some good bowlers in there and we just kind of batted batted a good Sunday innings, really. Yeah, fair enough, yeah. And uh, that was 30 overs. I think we did really well to get 30 overs in. Looking at the weather forecast that day, again, great captaincy from London, really good captaincy from the opposition as well, who, who looked after us. We had a fridge at the ground, absolutely full of drinks, ready for our arrival. Uh, well looked after there, and and the opposition were good as well. They had some strong players in there. They had some experienced players. How did we do with the ball? Yeah. So so what was re- I think what we, where we should start with their innings is that 
um, Darren Morris Turf Accountants went all out. They went, they went big on the final day. They were offering, I say they, we, were offering juicy odds across all batsmen and bowlers. But in particular, we offered a bonus boost of um, Matt Bolshaw being hit for a six by the opposition. And I think that led to a couple of oohs and ahs when Tom didn't open him in, in the bowling. Um, I think he defaulted to a resurgent cake who the day before had refound his bowling arm with a lovely wicket on the Saturday, stumped by yours truly. And um, we got off to a good start, I think, um, from memory. Yeah, yeah, we did. They they had a couple of guys who definitely knew what they were doing with the bat. Um, I think the wicket that Cake got was one of their younger guys who looked fairly useful, uh, bat and ball. Um, he, he was chatting to us at the end of the game and I think we've invited him to play for us if he's ever in London. He looked fairly useful uh, for all of, you know, walking out from the pavilion and getting bowled first ball by cake. Um, so I think we did well to get rid of him and then, then their skipper, um, despite carrying an injury, uh, came out and hit and there was a, another older gentleman that actually crept up to his 50 and I, I think that's something else that came back to bite you a little bit, Rich, with the uh, the opposition hitting a 50 there. Oh yeah, I'd, uh, thanks, uh, thanks, Matt. I'd forgotten about that one. Um, yeah, one of the other m- magical bonus boosts that we had on the day was for an opposition player to score fifty, and I've never been so disappointed <laughs> to see somebody get a fifty. Um, but everybody cheered, which was absolutely brilliant. Um, again, once again, we were happy to redistribute the wealth of the club um, with with quite, quite a few people having that one. Um, but it was listen, it was it you know uh, the 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 um, the, the the whole sort of aspect of the bookie thing was something that Coxie and uh, Harry Wilden did um, back in the day. And Tom, um, to his absolute credit, has resurrected this, asked me if I'd like to join him, which, of course, you know, jumped at the chance. And I think it was great because it added a lovely extra dimension to each of the games on a daily basis. And it's just a bit of fun. Um, and, and I think it's, that's how it transpired. And I'm really pleased that, um, that it's worked out quite so well. And watch this space. I'm sure we'll be back. And then, and it was only 30 overs, but the ball got passed around quite a bit. I think everyone that wanted an over kind of got one. Um, Niraj had travelled down uh, for this game this Sunday, I'm in iron about the weather. And like you say, we still managed to get a full game in. Bowled really well, got a well-fought wicket out of it. Um, did Paddy have a few overs? I feel like Paddy bats and bowls. I think because we had Iskander behind the stumps and then he swapped with Bolshaw. And I think Paddy may have turned his arm over. I can't quite remember. Um, but I know that he had a good game. But the the highlight there was uh, Bolshaw's wicket keeping. Uh, I think you know normally on this, Bolshaw always asks someone, "Oh, how easy is bowling?" or "Oh, how easy is batting?" I hear that a lot on this podcast. Well, Bolshaw, how difficult is keeping? Um, you definitely <laughs> made it. You definitely made it look hard, mate. Uh, <laughs> was, it, was that the, was that the time when there was quite a few cries of "Where's Iskander gone?" <laughs> Where's Iskander gone? <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And as that game finished as well, we sat and had a few drinks with the opposition. We had the music on. And uh, this was like the birth of the second uh, Plowman's club song, official club song, um, to to the tune of Dirty Old Town by the Pogues. So we're singing that, getting some lyrics together. And another fantastic day out. As we got the coach back into Salisbury, those lyrics were further developed. Everyone went back, freshened up a little bit, makeup on, hair done. We headed to the McCure 
for our end of tour dinner where Rob Keogh, you've been in touch with them. How did the setup look compared to the talks that you'd had with them before? Yeah, so the, the hotel was lovely. Um, the, all the staff there are really helpful uh, prior to us arriving. And they had lovely little details of our names and then the Plowman's logo and uh, a reminder of the food that we'd ordered. So we all had our, kind of our main places and sat at the table. And uh, within a few minutes, everyone's trying to scramble around moving seats and we're getting told off by all the staff. But, you know, really they loved us. Um, and we had nice kind of welcome drinks and lots of wine on the table. So, yeah, it was all, it was all really good. I was pleased. Yeah, and the, the, the food was ace. Um, the, the drinks were really good. And, and I think the whole evening went really, really well. We, we managed to finish off the fines book with our chairman, Robert Cox, on usual fine form. Yeah, the, the, the top table reminded me of kind of like a, a gay wedding, actually. You had uh, all the blokes of the committee sat around at the top table and every now and then one of them would uh, stand up to <laughs> raise a toast um, to the happy couple, which, of course, was, was cricket and ploughman's on tour. Um, Coxie did a great speech with his finds, uh, sized it up. Yeah, but it, it was a really nice end to a really nice um, weekend. The first time, actually, I think that we were turning away three bottles of wine that were on the table. <laughs> yeah. I think there were so many bottles of wine. And because we'd had injuries and people having to head home from tour, we all had about two bottles of wine each plus extra, um, which I've not seen us not <laughs> not manage that before. But yeah, on a Sunday night after four days of drinking, I think we, we moved on to some different stuff and get stepped away from the white wine that was uh, doing the rounds. Yeah, and there was a bit of a, a defining moment in the evening, wasn't there, Rob, where uh, our host for the evening came out as though he had he seemed to have a bit of an announcement to make, where Rich stepped in. Yeah, because we, we, I guess we started to sing, we're a bit kind of noisy, and um, yeah, kind of the, the, the head waiter came out and he looked like he was going to tell us off, but Rich Buckley jumped up and with the fines money, we kind of traditionally give to the, uh, to the hotel staff. He presented a big jar of cash to the guy, uh, <laughs> which, which usually persuades people to do what you want. So. <laughs> well, it was he was he was quite, he changed quite a bit then, didn't he? He was like, what did he say? <laughs> He had, a, he had a fantastic spiel. So he'd already had a joke with us about where he was from. Someone had once guessed he was from Japan. And then his words were, um, stay as long as you'd like, um, you know, be as loud, do whatever you wish and see yourselves out. And then ended quite spookily with, you live your lives as long as you live it or live your life for as long as you want to or something like that, which was, which was quite a spooky send off. And then off he went and uh, left, literally left us to it. There was no it's, one else around. It's amazing what 13, 13 pounds 72 will do to somebody, isn't it? <laughs> I'm not sure. Really uh, and it li- quite literally left us to see ourselves out of the hotel as well, which was bizarre. <laughs> Yeah, no, that was fantastic. We um, Cake, uh, fresh off after having some beer captaincy, Trent obviously is coach captain, Cake took on the role as couch captain. He spotted a comfy looking sofa in the corner and rearranged the furniture to bring that into a circle that we could all sit around and, um, and perch on. Um, we had lots of tour tales of tours gone by. Uh, Richie did a good shift there, Lonnen shared lots. Um, we all talked about our tour moments, but the standout for me was was Dirty Old Plough. Absolutely. There's a moment when um, 
we're all singing it in the circle. Fred Gumpert stands up like an MC. He's getting everyone going around the circle. There's a there's a video of this doing the rounds on, on the chats and on social media. And it, it was just a fantastic send-off. Everyone, whether it was your first day on tour, your first tour or your 50th, uh, was involved in that moment. And um, yeah, no, that was brilliant. And, and something you only really get on tour. I know we have our late evenings at DSG and stuff like that, but that was something special. Agreed. Loved it. And do you know, fair, fair play to... Um... Fair play to Fred, to Iskander, to Tom, to everyone that was involved in the making and producing of that song. I, I don't know about you guys, I could not get it out. I still can't get it out of my head. I could not, for the first four or five days, every morning I'm singing it, I'm, I'm humming it. It was absolute gold. It was, it was a joy. And you, you, you're right, it was, it was a lovely moment that everyone was there. Um, a quality, quality tour moment. Really enjoyed that. My, my kids had told me off for singing it too much, and then <laughs> they start, they start, they started rhyming because they, they know the DSG, and they started rhyming "lucky" the DSG and stuff, <laughs> almost like making up their own lyrics to it. I met Lucky at the DSG. <laughs> <laughs> it can't, it can't be too long till they're on tour with us, Rob. No. No, no. <laughs> uh, Rich, there was one moment when we were, well, it was tipping it down while we were having our dinner and no one really, we, we knew when we, you know, people heading up for smoking and stuff that it was raining and stuff, but it was only when it was starting getting later and later and we're all looking at our watches going, it's still tipping it down and it's not going to stop. And we're all planning, you know, are we going to sprint? When are we going to scurry back? Um, but on the return, you did say to me, I, I asked you, how does this rate on of all of your tours? And you, you said this is absolutely up there absolutely, um, as yeah. one of the best. And and what brought you to that kind of uh, result? I, I was thinking about this the other day, actually. And um, uh, firstly, I think you've got to give credit um, to absolutely everybody that, that was involved in the organisation. It's, it's tours an enormous thing. And I think... Um, Simon's done an amazing job, um, not just in, 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 in managing you know, the club, so to speak, but in, in delegating all the different aspects to experts in their own field. So James organising the hotel, Liam and Matt yourself in organising the, the, the pubs before the, the, the games, Bob with the dinner, um, Tom Lane with the with a superb um, uh, PowerPoint presentation so everyone knows what they're doing, to noodle with the finances, have I missed anybody? If so, apologies. Um, you Trent, know, Trent, did Trent, a lot of the Trent with the, the coach yeah. captain. So, so you've got the organisation aspect, uh, which which means that you've got a smoother experience for everybody. There's less when there's less things go wrong. People are going to be generally happy. You've got the, um, uh, the, the 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 places that we play at, the place that we stay at. I thought the the, the hotel was fantastic. The Salisbury location was great. The um, the venues, the opposition were all first class. And then you've got who the people on tour, and the people on tour also make tour what it is. And I think it's it's a, um, I, I guess a, uh, a reality of the situation is that the tour, the, sorry, the club is in a fantastic place, and you can really feel that when you go on tour because that vibe, those youngsters, the people coming on tour are carrying that through, and every single person that was on tour no matter whether they were a tour virgin or an experienced pro enjoyed it to the max and supported each other to the max as well and i think that's a culmination or a combination of all those different things which which is why is, is what i said that uh, it was it's definitely up there as one of the, my all-time favorites nice one rich i think that's a beautiful summary i haven't got a lot to add to that other than it's great to see like the different generations of the club there as well we've got all those young players you mentioned and we've also got um 
club heroes um, who've been involved in different um, capacities at different times. Um, Matt Ridgway, Paul Lane, Marcus, all on tour, all the, all regulars there. Um, and I think that that's a really nice summary of it. I will go around the table just once um, before we bring this to a close and ask for your favourite moment on tour, starting with you, Matt Spencer. Oh, my my absolute favourite is the one I just mentioned in the in the dinner and the and the singing of the songs. Um, but earlier on, it, it's the little things for me. It's the seeing who's the first to get up in the morning, who's having their breakfast and stuff. So headed out the first morning uh, after the night before on tour, uh, I'd said to Coxie. We'll go for a walk around the cathedral. We'll get a good breakfast rather than because we had a little bit of time rather than one of the spoons breakfast. And as we're walking out, we see Marcus in the coffee shop. So he pops along. We send a message on the group and there's, you know, four or five lads that are waiting for us to come and join. And just those little things on tour that the people you have conversations with that you might not normally get to play with. You might not normally get, you know, half an hour to talk to. Just having that walk around Salisbury in these horribly bright orange uh, polo shirts. Um, and just saying good morning to all the locals or welcoming you in. And, and, and basically, it's the bits in between the cricket for me and the conversations you have when you're off the field. And um, yeah, they're always brilliant uh, on Saturdays and Sundays and in the week. But on tour, they are special. So yeah, best moment for me, and he'll love me for saying it, is uh, going for breakfast with uh, Coxie and anyone else that would come with us. Um, that's, that's always a highlight for me on tour. Cheers, Spence. What was your favourite moment on tour, Rob Keogh? Uh, on the cricket side was definitely the, the Big Bash and getting involved in a mini tournament and actually wanting to win it and then fighting hard to win it and actually kind of getting getting over the line. So that that was it's not something I really do. So I quite I really enjoyed that part of it. But as kind of Matt was saying, it's just it's just chatting to people all day and just kind of listening to their stories and just you're just surrounded by friends four days solid and it's so much fun so that kind of that social aspect of it I loved and then playing cricket in the morning I had a couple of Bloody Marys my, my, my hot beef <laughs> taking one handed catches like <laughs> I'm very happy with that fantastic uh, Rich Buckley what was your favourite moment on tour? I think my favourite moment on tour was uh, when we'd finished the Sunday game and we were on the coach journey back, which must have been a good hour, but it seemed like it flew by because we were all singing our new club tour song. And it just felt like a really special moment, something that you just don't normally have. And, and, and to be part of something special like that and to feel that that warmth, that vibe, that energy, particularly at the end of a tour, was, was something I'll remember for a while. It was, it was absolutely first class. I feel like we should do a rendition, maybe just the third. The third. No, I don't think we will do that. No, no, no. Absolute, no, no, no. Absolute, no. We won't be doing it's that It's like at all. you're not allowed to play the Beatles. No, no, no. no. Our, our listeners have been through enough today. It's a fair point. Uh, without, without subjecting them to that. So that just leaves it for me to say, thanks very much to everyone who organised tour. An awful lot went into that over a number of years from a number of different people. In particular, Trent, Rob, Spence, James DeSato, and the main man, our captain, our leader, Simon Carson. It was fabulous. 
Thanks for our listeners for tuning in today and hearing a bit about Tor. We could spend three more days talking about this, as you can probably tell. So much to get in, which is why this is a slightly longer special edition. Thanks very much to Hector, who stepped up to agree um, to produce this one for us. So thanks, Hector, for that. And to our guest today, Matt Spencer, Rich Buckley, and Rob Keogh. And to all our listeners, thanks for coming. Thanks for coming. Thanks for coming. Thanks for coming. This is Shane Warren. Make sure you plough on. Few plowmen CC. Plough on, guys. It's taking too much. We didn't win the link by accident. We did that by design. It was very much planned. I just try to get it in the right spot, really, and see what happens. You said to me, mate, I really think you should put your lid on. Next ball, bowl me a bouncer. We spent for six. So. <laughs> this, this club is beyond cricket. Plough's cricket is the greatest club in the world. Oh!